<laughs> oh, so that impudent rodent had something worthwhile with him after all. A shard of his soul has been tainted directly by Phrasma. It must be excised. No matter. Now that I know it's here, I can put it to use for my own desires. Hey everybody, it's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM, Trevor, and we're back down to five people in this recording again. We we lost another one. Keeps happening. That was really weird. So what we do at the beginning of every episode, we have um, we have software that does you know, time correction for us. But just in case, we do a count off. So we start Trevor 1, Raymond 2, Jake 3, Micah 4, Christian 5. I think we right? get it. Go on. I went Trevor 1, and there was no Raymond. Everything just ground to a halt. <laughs> it was, uh, his absence was felt. I just want to reiterate to all the listeners, Raymond has crazy booked with comedy shows, and his absence is only temporary. Oh, yeah, no, he'll be back. He's, like, busy chasing his dreams or whatever, so. Yeah, comedy yeah. shows, chasing his <laughs> dreams, traveling all over the place. He's going to be in New York next week for something, uh, I don't know. He's making moves. He's busy. Yeah. Too busy for us. Too cool for us. We're just some weirdo make-believe nerds. So I already know the shitty thing that Raymond did. The shitty thing that Raymond did this week was not be here. He was a fake friend, honestly. Fake friend. That's oh, it. wow. That's it right there. Wow. Fake friend. Wow. Maybe I'll get him to actually you know, listen to some, some QC stuff while he's gone for a change. That'd be nice. <laughs> Calling him out. Oh, God. Shots fired. Holy shit. Now, now here's something not related to us or the podcast and a question that might get some polarizing answers from uh, the eight people that listen to us and my other castmates. Um, do you bring your small children to the movie theater? And How do you bring your talking? small children? I'm talking I'm talking like I'm talking like five and under. I'm talking like people bringing in toddlers. To go see slasher I mean, flicks and stuff like five that. Five and under films. is not a toddler, right? It's like <laughs> I don't think we brought my daughter oh to my something until she was God. like three okay. and a half. Never mind. Kids movies, Small dude. children. Kids movies. Right? I Kids literally movies just said action. I, I. You said slashers. I That's what you said. You said slashers, and then you said actual movies, as if. Kids movies yeah, to aren't specify movies, that they they're not kids films because I I love kids films. Like they're fun. Right. No, and I if mean, there's a loud child in there, that's that's more expected, I suppose. It's still shitty. I still don't want your fucking crotch goblin there ruining whatever money I spent Jesus on this Christ. experience. I don't. Oh I really don't. Oh god. I really don't. Yeah, it's I, shitty I, and I inconsiderate. Okay. I was with you, and now I'm uh, super not with you, Jake. No, it's, <laughs> if it's, I, I don't. If it's I like don't a care. slasher you can make movie, me the yeah, okay, fine. You yeah, can make me the villain, like but if I'm like Shrek or Despicable Me, and like your kid is crying, yeah, well, that, that's that's okay. Take your fucking kid outside. It, it's it's a, it's or a kid's go. movie. Nah, like, it's part yeah. of the experience. Yeah, yeah, part of the experience. Nah, I don't especially, agree with that at all. Especially if you go to like the early. So like with our that kids, is a shitty experience. Well, okay, great. Bummer. That's one of the things that you have to you know consider when you're going to see a kids movie. That surprise, surprise, or maybe children there. Uh, it's like going to Disney <laughs> yeah, World and being like angry that you see kids. <laughs> but that's like, why I don't go to Disney World. Don't. But this is this is the this is the point that I'm getting at though, because you're going off on like a weird tangent. No, Would you no, bring like, like your don't... children to a horror film, for example? Oh no! So you're going to no, see no. like a new Absolutely scream not. film? 
No, no, why would no, I do I that? no. It's not the key. Okay, not for no. the kids. that's I the let point I'm getting house. at. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's that's, that's that's kind of the point I'm getting at. Yeah, no, no. That's what I'm trying to say. Because there seems to be like a bunch of people that are like, no, my kids are great. They're so nice. They really love the horror films and stuff like that. And it doesn't affect them at all. You're delusional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I have told this story on the podcast before a bit, but I, you know, when my kids were little and, you know, seven, eight, you know, there were certain things they were, oh, I want to watch this. Like my youngest, when he was that age, he loved the Alien franchise. He would watch anything. And alien related other things. He watched Dark Crystal and fell off the back of our bed and hit his head on the wall when the little puffball appeared. Like, rah, 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 and he was terrified. <laughs> he wouldn't watch the Dark Crystal. My oldest wouldn't watch the Dark Crystal either. But when my oldest was about eight, we were watching Planet Earth and the part where the Serengeti was on fire. He had nightmares for like two oh, or three yeah. days. <laughs> You brought this up before. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, to me, everyone is different and different pe- uh, parents understand their kids. Good parents do. I mean, but I was at the movies watching Cocaine Bear over the weekend and I was sitting next to a damn teenager. She checked her phone literally every five minutes, pulled it out, looked at it to see if she had anything and then put it back in her pocket. Like, I why would, are you at the movies? I would. Yeah, I would take a screaming kid over that. Any day of the week. Yeah. yeah I don't like no. either of the week. I don't like either of the. It might be that just like, because I'm pretty sure uh, if it's not already obvious, I will never have children. One, because I'm unlovable. But two, because <laughs> I fucking despise Jesus children. Christ. <laughs> wow. I just, I like, they have to be a certain age for me to like, I, I enjoy my niece and nephew because they're flesh and blood and I think they're adorable. But like being at a restaurant or literally anywhere out in public. And if I hear a kid screaming over anything, I don't care what. I'm just like, shut it up. I don't want it. I hate it. It's nails on a chalkboard to me. It makes my teeth great. It is one of the most frustrating things in the world to me. So that's me. I guess I'm the asshole here because I really thought that was more ubiquitous. <laughs> if my kids <laughs> foolish, I take them out of whatever situation they're in, like always have, always will. Um, every time, yeah, right? G- great, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm not, that's I'm that's not what you my should kids, do. Like, ruin somebody else's experience at a restaurant or something like there's nothing that drives me more up a wall than going out to eat and even if i'm with my kids at a restaurant that would be generally considered kid friendly if your kids are running all over the place and screaming and playing and stuff in a restaurant i'm I'm sorry you're well trevor that's part of the experience you should expect that no see you went to a kid's restaurant no no i'm I'm saying a kid's restaurant generally be considered kid friendly so like a cracker barrel or something right you're talking about like a kid crying. I'm talking about, oh, wow, this kid just ran no, I'm talking sp- about like, with a cup of milk it, it, and spilled it on my table. No, I'm thing. saying what you're saying. Like, there are shitty kids that get up out of their seats and run up and down the aisles and cause a ruckus, and it's uh, impossible to focus think that's on shitty shit. kids, honestly. <laughs> that's shitty kids. Yeah, no, that's... Th- yeah. Th- why, why to go to a theater? If you can't sit down and watch something, you don't have the attention span to watch it, don't go to the movie theater. And if they're not old enough to remember, don't fucking bring them to the movie theater. Well, so I agree with that. Like, I wouldn't bring like a two-year-old with me. As Jake bravely wades into the category of, let me tell parents how they should raise their children when I don't Mm -hmm. have any. (laughs) Listen, I also don't know how to fly a helicopter. But if I saw that shit in a tree, I'd be like, you fucked up. (laughs) That's a no true Scotsman fallacy to say that just because I don't have kids, I don't know bad parenting. It's a shitty argument. It's bad. I could no, see I, shitty parents. No, because that, that, see, the thing is, like, you, you you remind me in terms of like your your opinion on kids. You remind, remind me very much of my younger brother, who's just below two years younger than I am. 
And he was, he was a reflection of you when it came to kids. But now that his, his current girlfriend that he's with has two kids, it's, and he's like pretty committed to her. Um, it's complete, like not, it's not that he's like, Oh, I love kids now. Like he definitely still views kids with the general mindset of their little shits, uh, for the, <laughs> most the general part. loathing um, it was the general loathing, but he's definitely learned, um, you know, that there are just, you know, when it comes to like wanting to go out to the movies or like the restaurant thing we were just bringing up, he goes, there's just a certain understanding and, and uh, perspective he's gained now because <laughs> one is I, I one suppose is six that's, and the other that's one's true. Eight. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and let me be clear. I know I'm wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know I'm on the outside here. That is perfectly fine. I'm willing to die on this hill. I don't care. Okay. okay. I, that as might change as, with the passage of time. I'm self-aware of this fact. But if I see a, a kid trip, I laugh a little bit. I make sure they're yeah. okay, and then I giggle. Yeah, uh, like when I was in like high school or younger, like I, I kind of viewed children or younger children kind of like a weird, smelly cat. So like eight months ago. Well, okay. Oh yeah. my god. Like gosh. a weird, you know, just <laughs> a weird animal. I was kind of uncomfortable around. But when my older brother started having kids, and now that like my niece and nephew are like kind of like you know they're they're growing up and they have personalities of their own. Like I, I'm I'm young. I'm 25 to be clear. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> 20 back. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like kids. I, I want to be a dad. I have a, I have a paternal instinct. Yeah. So, so one time when I was in college, I was in a music class and backstage, um, waiting to do like the middle of the semester performance and a bunch of like family members and stuff came out and I was sitting in the backstage area, uh, a little blasted because of course, and then around the corner, crawls a I, I i must be bad at judging what is and is not toddler but it was crawling on its hands and knees and was a little bit bigger than a bread basket or whatever bread box and um nobody acknowledged it and it just crawled all the way down the hallway straight into my lap looked me in the eyes and said daddy and i've never oh been God. more terrified <laughs> in my life <laughs> Wait, my, uh, once again when was this <laughs> like five years ago when i was still oh, going okay. to lc's okay. this is like what, okay. horrifying <laughs> absolute nightmare i'm glad you want to be a dad i i don't think i could do it like obviously for very obvious reasons i don't like children but also like i'm i'm barely taking care of me right now i cannot (laughs) be responsible for another life i i'll kill it on accident and i'll and it'll be real bad but i can't i I can never be a father every time i hold a baby i'm like i'm gonna break this somebody take this away from me i think that's like you know, given my lack of experience with children, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But I feel like that's better than the alternative of being like, you know, a bit too careless or like, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. with the child. Yeah, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I don't want any bodily harm to come to children, but I I don't yeah. want them around me. <laughs> There's I, I have a picture of Jake holding my newborn son, and how old would a Jake been? This would have been you would have seventeen. Been like seventeen. You looked terrified. It was hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it, it turns out babies are surprisingly sturdy, but uh, I wasn't going to figure that out. Oh, yeah, they're super rubbery. <laughs> you could run them over with a car. Yeah. They'll be fine. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. God damn it. So, yeah, that was our, that was our polarizing banter topic. Um, TLDR, I'm the asshole, as it turns I mean, out. We knew that. Well, I mean, yeah, Raymond's but, horrible but I mean, like, you're especially just an right here. 
I'm just mean. Do fun fact though, real quick. Um, for uh, my, so my wife is uh, much more mature in age than I am. And when we first got together, we tried to um, tried to have kids, and that window closed. So Liam uh, is in contact with the surrogate. So for those out there, don't give up hope, man. Damn. Oh, nice. This is a Good weirdly line. wholesome banter. Like normally we just <laughs> talk about comma. No, it wasn't. Well, comma is I definitely mean, involved. Okay, yeah, to be to, okay, yeah, say, that's true, to be that's fair, true. we are. That's fair. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. That, yeah, we are. Yeah. Nine months ago, you were a stain on a pillow. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we all know why Professor Oak sent Ash away. We all know why. <laughs> I'll show you my pocket monster. <laughs> you know, the Pocus Mom. That's what yeah, I was like, going to Pocus Mom more like. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> You you went to a very kid free place this past weekend, didn't you, Liam? I sure did. I went to Vegas this past weekend to celebrate my birthday. Happy birthday! Yeah. Happy birthday! Thanks. How does it feel turning yeah. ten? Uh, it was a it was a awesome time. It was my first time in Vegas, and uh, saw DJ Tiesto and Dead Mouse. Uh, I I, I like DJ Tiesto a lot, and the and the show was really good. Um, but the dead mouse, the dead mouse show was, um, unforgettable. That was an unforgettable show just cause like, uh, the first like uh, 45 minutes he was playing, he didn't have the helmet on and everyone's like, Oh no, is he not going to wear the helmet? And then like 45 <laughs> minutes, he pulls out the helmet and makes a show of it. And everyone's like, ah, See, I guy's got the, the first time I saw him on. without the helmet. And I was just like, Oh God, he's a dude. He's a, there is a real person there. He's yeah, no, not he's, a mouse. He's not a it's, it's just like, dead? You, you have like weird expectations of people when you don't like know a whole lot about them. Like I've been watching a lot of videos on this guitarist for a band called mm-hmm. Polyphia named Tim Henson. And the dude's mm-hmm. absolutely fucking insane. And I think it's like Wired has a, a, a YouTube channel where they have like experts answer questions. So people were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were like tweeting him like guitar questions and he would answer them. And he's covered in tattoos like all the way up to his neck and on his knuckles and stuff and he's an excellent guitar player uh but he started to speak and he has like the most super nerdy soft-spoken voice i've ever heard i just was not expecting that to come out of his mouth at all and someone's like how much do you love pinch harmonics like i fucking love pinch harmonics (laughs) he's like this is how you do them i've only ever been to vegas once and it was for a work conference it was one of the first times i ever got hammered drunk and i was with my boss don't remember making it back uh back to my hotel that night uh we were at a party in the penthouse uh mandalay bay and uh i got absolutely hammered on gin that was i was like 20 (laughs) like 23 something like that first time in vegas didn't have to pay for the booze conference Mm -hmm. yeah that was i mean that's really the only thing i remember about that trip it wasn't really anything fantastic or anything. I think we went to like four or five parties like that. And that was the one that I'm like, all right, well, it's nighttime. I'm going to drink. Mm-hmm. So you remember most specifically the part that you do not remember? <laughs> I, I do not remember leaving and getting back to my hotel room. My boss. I've never been told that me what happened. drunk before. I don't know that it was that just drunk. I was very, very tired too. It was, I was jet yeah, lagged and tired and, and it was very hot and I wasn't used to mm-hmm. it. And I had mm-hmm. spent from like seven o'clock that morning on the convention room floor. And then after that, we went to dinner and then we went to like three parties and then we finally landed at this one. Oh God. And we're there till like two in the morning, two, three in the morning. Damn. Very, very sleepy. 
You ever been to Vegas, Micah? Uh, no, it, honestly, it, but he has been to Frankenmuth. So I'm, I'm from Frankenmuth. Very similar. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Like, uh, if, are if any of you, I've never been, so you could, you could lie. No, there, I, I'm not going to Google it. <laughs> I've been uh, with you to Frankenmuth. You've been. Yeah. Just, just as a bit, I'm going to say that Vegas and Frankenmuth are very similar, but like, honestly, they could <laughs> not be more different. It's just Franken. It's just Vegas with more Midwesterners. It, it like it Frankenmuth. Is. Frankenmuth is like is like Mecca. If you're like a a fat fifty year old white person, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I went this past summer. Uh, went to Frankenmuth. Took my kids for the first time to go to the, uh, the, the, got uh, the Christmas. You yeah, went, went to Browners. Yeah, I went to Browners. Yeah. And we went to um, hell yeah. One of the restaurants I can't remember. Bavar- uh, Bavarian Inn. Bavarian Inn. Yep. Yep. Bavarian Inn. Yep. Yep. My my grandmother had a long standing feud with the owner of the Bavarian Inn. Right. Jake yeah. is like confused but expecting this it, it, it's like small town like isolated little no, like, no, northern I Michigan town drama completely yeah. yeah no this this is some knitting club yeah. shit i have ptsd from bronner's yeah bronner's is intense and for those of you that don't know what bronner's is it is a gigantic christmas vomit warehouse christ miss quote unquote the world's biggest christmas shop is it it's I, I mean, absurd. I don't probably. I don't know why it wouldn't be. I mean, it's like you duct taped three or four Costco's together and it's wall to wall Christmas crap. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. 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 It's pretty it's nuts. That's wild. It's a lot. It I mean, is a I, lot. I enjoy it for the nostalgia. Like I have I have tons of ornaments from there. Like every time I go, I get one. I have some from when I was very, mm-hmm. very small and I don't remember getting them. And um I feel like my my kids will have fond memories of it the time that we went. But yeah. It's a thing. I just like the trains. I like the German food up there. I like the fudge up there because I'm fat. See, I'm a fat 35 year old man, so it's almost Becca for yeah. me. Yeah. So, uh, Le- Liam Christian, uh, Frankenmuth is like a very touristy uh, German town in North Central Michigan. It's where okay. I'm from. I used, I, I used to live in Indiana. I used to live in Indiana. So, okay. Yeah, I've been around Michigan a bit. Condolences. Yeah. Thank yeah. I'm you. sorry. To, sorry to hear that. Indiana. Yeah, it was awful. Um, but I would no. I went to Mich- uh, I like I liked a lot of the uh, Michigan wineries. Actually, they had some really good wineries over there. There's a lot of good wineries in Frankenmuth. Good cherry wine. Yeah, no, I re- I remember seeing a lot of that, and I, it wasn't something that struck me as like, oh yeah, totally. Michigan known for wine, and specifically Frankenmuth. I just yeah, uh, cherry wine. Now, specifically. There, I remember going to a bunch of really cool antique stores up there because I'm a really awful weird loser that loves antique stores and. Uh, that sort of stuff really, really gets my motor running. You're an awful weird loser, but it's not because of the antique stores. It's actually kind of neat. Yeah. The, I, I, well, I used to have like a couple hundred straight razors, right? That actually, uh, I restored a bunch of them and sold them to help fund this podcast. Initially, I still have like 40 of them, but my favorite ones, but they helped fund this podcast. So that was me losing all of those for you the listeners <laughs> you owe us do they i don't think they do i mean our patrons have been you know have paid for the show like they're paying for the show now so thank you patrons we love you they're the best thank you patrons they really are thank you patrons. Patrons. well if they if they paid a little bit more they'd be the best I thought you were a communist, but here you are playing this capitalist pig dog game. (laughs) Well, now that we got that all the way, why don't we play some games?
I like it. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your GM, Trevor, here. It's been a bit since I did one of these, but I figured with 2023 coming to a close, it's probably time. Whether you've been here since day one, you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all, we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. Last week, Marcus Klim, had to remember his name there for a moment, made his way to the Dawnflower, spoke to Vandy, got permission to dig up Yosef's remains and attempt to retrieve his spiked chain and, by extension, Phrasma's relic. He dug up his little rat body, laid out a bunch of stuff in order to cast a ritual uh, that was essentially consecrate, but with extra steps to try to draw the relic out. Uh, His assistant in this casting was possessed by something. We're not quite sure what that something was. Uh, When he tried to cast this ritual, something possessed the gentleman that was helping him uh, cast it and told him that he could not retrieve the relic until Yosef's soul was released from the gauntlet. With that, he went back to the Rowdy Rockfish, spent the night, woke up the next morning. Everybody's around for breakfast. Billion comes in and says, hey guys, I gotta stay home with the fam for a while. I've uh, come too close to death too many times. And if I die, Yvette's gonna kill me. (laughs) So, with that, the party has finished breakfast. The party is ready to go down into the gauntlet again. Gentlemen, what do you do? So we're at the we're at the Rowdy Rockfish right now? About you to head are out? at the Rowdy Rockfish. You're about to head out. Okay. Wherever you may want to go, whether that be the gauntlet, whether that may be to speak to the mayor, maybe you want to go up to Hattie Shack. Who knows? The world, rather, the Isle of Cortos is your oyster. I would just like to say for any listener that's musically inclined, if you can make a B-52 cover of that, instead of like Love, Love Shack, Shack Hattie Shack. Hattie Shack. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to be able to do it, right? All right, well, Marcus will, because uh, I think, yeah, because yeah, Marcus had extended the, or uh, had shown interest. I'm not sure if anyone had confirmed that you guys were going back in that day, because you guys had just gotten back from a shopping trip, correct? Right. They uh, had yeah. spent the day previous um, while you were doing all your lovely ritual stuff, getting some striking runes, or not striking runes, uh, armor, armor potency. Potencies. Mm-hmm. Armor potency runes. And maybe some other things. I'm not exactly sure. They said that they would submit those things to me, and I don't think anybody did. But that's fine. I sort of trust you. <laughs> yeah, I just sort of trust me too. For, for me. 
So Right, I think it was just armor potency for you and an armor potency for Cecil, perhaps, because uh, Tastus already had some from the plus one chainmail that was found on the third floor with the Scrivener manager person ghost on her skeleton. Uh, the instructor? Yes. I can never pronounce her name properly, but I didn't share it with anybody. Partially because I could not pronounce the name properly. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's a Paizo name. I don't blame you. Right, exactly. Paizo names are hard. Do, Sam Zavardian, do, I don't think I'll ever get that right. Yeah, do you know how many times I have to practice like my YouTube scripts sometimes? Just to... <laughs> oh my goodness. It's, it's wild. I imagine. Also, for what it's worth, I do not believe I got an armor potency room because I do not believe I wear armor. Yeah, but you have explorer clothes. You can put on ah, your explorer's okay. clothing. Yeah, armor potency is kind of a misnomer. It's just a clothing potency. My clothing is so virile and powerful. Stop. My clothing is too virile for you, traveler. <laughs> it would kill you. Well, with you guys newly fitted for better armor and hopefully better equipped for the perils of the gauntlet. Will you once again travel north through the fog fin into the eye of hell? So as as we're traveling, um, Marcus will um, he'll he'll basically kind of just speak out to anyone who's willing to listen, and he'll say, um, "I'm not really sure what you all are capable of in combat. Just know that uh, this dagger." And he'll remove his dagger from his from his like chest sheath. He goes, if any undead are within a hundred feet, it'll glow. Unless they're attempting to hide from me, then it's not always guaranteed. But we do have that as a warning system. Oh, what a fascinating implement. And uh, could I take a closer look at it to see if anything jogs my memory? Like, uh, um, I mean, he, like, he's willing like, to explain it to you if you well, want Well, at first to. I want to take a look. Like, I, I don't want to ask. Sure. I want to roll dice. Sure. He'll, he'll hand you the dagger. Um, what do I see on it? How does it look? Um, does anything stand out about it? Yeah, so what stands out about it is the, um, it seems like the the etching of the Phrasmon Spiral of life on it uh, seems to have a magical property to it. Um, yeah, it seems to have some sort of magical property that isn't a weapon rune property. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Fancy. Most fascinating. A sigil of life to calm the dead. And I'm going to pass it back to uh, Demarcus. Fucking ominous. Uh, uh, at, at 100 feet, that thing's probably going to be glowing all the time. Uh, so I, I hope and I hope not. <laughs> so do the undead think that the blade is always glowing? <laughs> well, because <laughs> the only reason it would glow is um, because if they if they either heard me coming or were attempting to hide and, and ambush in the first place. If they're simply um, standing around and they're not attempting to hide for any sort of reason, it will glow. So I can read their intent. Interesting. In a way. In a way, yes. It was, uh, I am what they call a soul warden of Phrasma. You know, we are trained um, specifically to hunt the undead. I, I know where there's some hands if you want to go go get those and well, there's some hairballs, too. They're not Cecil's, but I, I don't know who they belong <laughs> What color are they? We, ne, never mind. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, didn't I almost take that archetype for Yosef? 
feel like that sounds no, it wasn't tradition. available yet. It wasn't, wasn't available, available yet. yet. Okay. Nope. Okay. You also have to be able to use a shield. Was not going to work on oh, shit. Anyway. Yeah, no. I'm thinking of something else. Like a yeah. general feat. That's cool. Yeah, no, you can take shield block or something. That sounds really dumb on a rogue mm. to do that. What kind of idiot rogue is going to use a shield? Gosh. No? Too much? <laughs> so, is there anything that you guys want to invest in the other levels? Uh, maybe give uh, Marcus the $2 tour of the Gauntlet. I will say that if you guys spend any time on the third level, the dagger is going to glow periodically, depending on the location of your buddy, Augriel, floating around on that floor. Um, Because that was one thing. I remember... uh, Who was it? Uh, I remember Billiam did mention, because he he was there for the death of Yosef, and as Mordrin did mention... The library where Yosef died was something he wanted to go to see if he can find any remnants of Yosef at. Does that ring any any bells to anybody? Yeah, I remember you saying that, yeah. Okay. That's like where that flesh golem thingy was. No, the Mm -hmm. actual library where he died. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. The flesh golem. That's right. That's right. I was there. I know. Shut up. (laughs) Never forget that day. All right. I can. um, Where were you when Yosef died? I could bring you guys up there. When were you when Yosef was killed? (laughs) <laughs> all right but who was fun <laughs> hold on just one moment all <sighs> that's still stupid it's still funny i yeah. hate it Oop, i almost drug yosef onto the scene that would have been embarrassing <laughs> he's dead just a pile of meat mm, meat pile all right so you guys make your way to the library level to the room where yosef fell you see in this general area at the north end that uh, there is a blood stain and there's little bits of bone flex. You actually see a tooth or two on the ground there where the tooth fairies did their grim work to Yosef. But nothing else other than obvious remnants, cast off pieces. Hey, I have a question as a player. Sure. Can Cecil see the golem? <laughs> is it still there? I mean, unless Agriel ate up some of it. <laughs> Let me get a perception check out of everybody. I do not like how long Actually, it took you to answer that question. Let me get a perception check out of Asmordran only. I was about to say, wasn't this like a really large statue? Ooh, that is a six for a 13 total. <laughs> Everything's fine. Something seems off about this room, but you can't quite place it. You don't see anything that would resemble a golem in that room. Oh, that's hmm. wonderful. I feel like that would have been... I feel like that... That'd be pressing, right? We should be worried about that. Uh, Tacitus knows nothing about this. He's completely unworried. I've mind-linked you, I thought. As more, yeah, as Morgan was here for that. Yeah, fight. but that yeah. would have had to have been something that you would have communicated, right? And Cecil no, wasn't that's here, fine. right? Cecil wasn't here, so he couldn't have communicated oh, that data point. to him. And that would have had to have been something that was of, of note, right? Is the flesh yeah. golem being and there not of here. note enough? And Billiam's not here. And Asmordran rolled shit perception. So as far as any of you know, the room is fine, though Asmordran feels like something's off. (laughs) Meta knowledge there on that one. For shame. Can't avoid knowing things, right? (laughs) Watch me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess. I've known Jake for a long time. He acts like he doesn't know anything. It's because I don't. 
I love you. I love you. It's not an act. I'm just stupid. <laughs> Speaking of which, don't forget, we're all going to Martha's Vineyard this summer for the rides. I hate you all. <laughs> After Gen Con, trip to Martha's Vineyard. Yep. So, yeah, this is uh, this is the room where uh, Yosef was well, partially eaten. And, you know, I, I feel like there is something missing, but I can't put my finger on it. There's a huge something. Marcus will say, where where did he fall? Oh, right, right here. Right, right here in front of the... Oh, in front of this big dais type area. I feel like there was something here at one point, but... <laughs> hmm. And do you want him to make a perception check, or what, what kind of check do you want out of him? Uh, you can go ahead and roll... Uh, you can roll perception. You could go ahead and roll society if you wanted to. Uh, give me a good good uh religion because i have if i have you can, undead lore too oh uh, i'll allow undead lore as well if you can make a good case as to why it would work to determine if there's anything useful here from yosef's uh remains and detritus because so, i can, I can go religion too I'll, I'll just do religion i'll do it works for me uh that's a 15 plus uh, 26 you could tell that there was a struggle here, obviously, from the blood and the teeth and whatnot, but there's nothing substantive enough to give you clues as to the whereabouts of Yosef's immortal soul. Signs of a struggle, definite death. Um, you can maybe even feel the echoes of that death, but nothing to really give you an idea of how you would release him or how you would uh, gain access to the relic. And there's no, like I said, there's no body parts, just blood stains, correct? Just blood stains, some bone chips, teeth. Okay. He will, uh, he'll, he'll take whatever he can find there and he'll, he'll, he'll bag it. Nice. Gonna hobo sack the rest of his pieces. Like we hobo sacked him home already. I was going to say, we hobo sacked the first set of pieces. That's right. See? He's going for a full set. Season two, rat. All right. I will add it to my... I'll add it to my equipment. I'll put Yosef's... Jake looks uh, like he's just seething at this disrespect. (laughs) Yosef's teeth and bone chips. And if you put all of Yosef's bone chips together, we'll form the key of time. (laughs) Uh, Marcus, just a... Could I have one of those teeth? Uh, he sure. likes to chew on them like corn nuts. Oh. Right, and I'm going to. <laughs> oh, why was that so? Oh gross? god. Oh. Oh god. Uh, no, I'm just going to uh, add it to my uh, little bag of um, implements. Esoterica. No, Esoterica. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, thing. that's actually pretty sweet. He said it. Just, just adding it to my little bag of goodies. <laughs> my bag of goodies. One orange rodent's tooth. Orange, gross. It's like a capybara fang. <laughs> Do they have fangs? I mean, they're long and terrifying, so I'm going to call them fangs. Okay. I'm not a dentist. I'm not either. I'm much less a rodent dentist. Thank God. <laughs> Can you imagine having that job? Hey, I don't want to. Got it, man. You'd never be out of work. Somebody's got it. Those teeth just keep growing. Exactly. <laughs> it's like being a shark dentist. There's miles air- of teeth. This is a stupid joke. <laughs> this is a really dumb thing. <laughs> I don't care. I like it. <laughs> Shout out to all you rat, rat dentists out there. You guys are. 
You guys are appreciated for the work that you do. There are dozens of us. <laughs> we see yeah. you. You'll be a hero to tens of people. Somebody right now Ooh. is uh, untying the noose that he had <laughs> sitting in his living room. After <laughs> hearing that. They do care. I knew this profession wasn't stupid. <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> oh, God. I still can't get over the chewing on his teeth. <laughs> that literally makes me nauseous. I hate. I didn't know that was a thing that bothered me. Oh, God. Almost as if on cue with you saying that, you see Marcus's knife begin to glow. Oh, I actually have an action for that. A little toggle thing. Yay. Does anybody hear sitcom music? In comes Flesh Golem. <laughs> and the audience goes wild. He just kind of like looks at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus will say, oh, you weren't kidding. He goes, we should probably get moving. As you see, his um, his dagger will glow a, uh, like he'll, uh, you'll, you'll hear a hum coming from his dagger sheath. He'll take it out and you'll see it uh, dimly glow 10 feet around him. As it should show on the map, the little glow around him. You're actually in a room that has light, so it might be a little harder yeah, to me. notice that. But I can see yeah, the glow. Me. I see the glow. Can you tell which direction it's coming from? He's got glonar. No, unfortunately but, not. Uh, there's, okay. there's only one door out, so yeah. that way. Okay. All right. Um, I, I'd i like to uh, hide in a corner. There is that hidden room over there. Well, I don't want to be in here, in there. I want to be like, you know, in this room, but kind of hidden. The only person that would know about that hidden door is Asmordrin. Yeah, I was actually just about to say, and I've said nothing about that hidden room just in case that things go south. All right, you all, you have fun. I'm going to go hide. <laughs> I'm going to go hide in this corner. And the light winks out on your dagger. Well, it's further than 100 feet, so we can keep moving. Okay. I'll poke my head out into the library. You see nothing. Now, having consulted the... Uh, in fact, Tacitus, you would know that that door directly to your uh, east leads down to the pavilion where you fought Jal, because this is the door you came out of when you were running from him. All right. Uh, Michael, a uh, young man, that, that, that door <laughs> over there on that side of the room, uh, down there we fought a wolf man, and it nearly was the end of all of us. I'd, I'd be careful if we were to go down that way. He struck me with lightning. But then died. So you'll see Marcus. Um, Marcus will take a second to realize that Tacitus is old and forgot his name. And you know, <laughs> oh, and but he, but he, he seems to like try to completely ignore it. And he goes, "Oh, thank you for the information, Tacitus. Uh, you're welcome." Uh, don't don't forget Tacitus. He's he's Joel's dead. Oh, oh, that's right. We did kill him. Excellent, fantastic. I mean, the dog's still down there, but I think we can handle that. Uh, I'm less worried about the dog. I'm more worried about Joel. Joel, that's it. I I said Joel. I've been watching too much Last of Us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me move you guys down stairs again. You are downstairs on top of the pavilion. Remember, on top of this pavilion is the corpse of one of the werewolf hunters, and there's also now, he wasn't dead when he fell, the corpse of a werewolf hunter in the water below the pavilion. Listen, 
(laughs) (laughs) These are what we call acceptable casualties. How dare you call out our callousness? Um, So would you say they're uh, relatively about here and here on the map? Or where, oh, the, like, where, more here and here on the west, east side, and then directly opposite, but on in the water below. The ones in the water, and one is at the top. You'll see him move over, and uh, he'll begin to speak last rites to the to the body, uh, just just quietly. He goes, "You all can feel free to do what you need to do." Your knife begins to glow. Yes. And it seems we're not um, alone either. Well, uh, as Mordrum points towards, like, the shattered door to the north, <laughs> well, I know Billiam was barreling through all of these doors and probably disturbed the uh, the locals, as it were. Oh, my God, mm. I just realized we never put that specter to rest. Hope that doesn't become a problem later. Oopsie doodle. And, and Cecil, don't forget about that tentacled monstrosity at the pipe. Oh, I have not forgotten. That is still bothering mm. me. Tentacle monstrosity <laughs> lane pipe check. <laughs> check. As well. Okay. Because I don't know how strong of a presence is around us, but there is a presence around us. You do know of the crawling hands and the other yeah. things. Yeah, I point down the side tunnel. The crawling hands are just a little ways that way. Hmm. And the hairballs. Oh, I forgot about the hairballs. All right, then. Hmm. Yes, it's uh, probably coming from a bit to the north there. As well, do you want to go deal with the undead or... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I was just trying to to fill you in on what was to the north. There was some hands, weird, um, and uh, what appeared to be some kind of will-o'-wisp, but with very luscious locks. They, I'm... Terrified, but also want to know what kind of conditioner do they use? And and inquiring minds wish to know. (laughs) Okay, so you are on this pavilion. You can go to the north, and those doors are still open. They were not closed. They sit open to your north. You have the area to the south with whatever tentacled thing was there. You do know, you being as Mordrin, Tacitus, and Cecil, know that you could come down off of the pavilion and go up that hallway, that, that cave to the main hallway where you first entered this area. So what what way are you going to go? What are we thinking? Probably north makes the most sense. Yeah, I agree. To the north. Oh, by the way, before I forget, if you wanted to read your last rites to Jaw, his corpse is just up that cave over there. And he points to the northwest. No, his corpse is not there anymore. You brought him in. Whirly one took him. Oh, that's right. That's right. I completely forgot about all of that. Now I'm forgetting stuff. Well, do you all have a preferred marching order? Or um, now that we're going ahead into what I assume is unexplored territory? Yeah, normally Billiam goes up front. <laughs> yeah, so now we'd go behind Billiam and then uh, Cecil behind me and Asmodrin behind him. We keep our artillery in the rear. All right. Well, just keep watching my in rear. rear with the, <laughs> in the uh, in in rear with Fuck. the gear. They say. All right. All right. And we are moving to the north. Quick question: In terms of exploration activities, is that something you do while we're in exploration? Or, or you can go ahead and call out what you want. I I actually was in our Discord this week, 
bemoaning my least favorite part of the system, which is exploration activities. If you tell me that you're doing something, we'll go with it. Uh, But I feel like there is way too much turn-based movement in order to adjudicate exploration activities appropriately. Now, if somebody says, I'm going to do this stealthily, yes, you're avoiding notice, right? If you're going to be on guard, yeah, you're raising a shield. Or if you want to scout ahead, absolutely. But I don't do the very routinized, like, well, I'm going to use the exploration. I'm going to use the search activity, which means I can only go at half speed. Or, no, no. Yeah, I don't. You, I don't yeah. dig with speeds, but I, I, I definitely right, like yeah. people calling yeah, out yeah, what if, skills. If they're you want to call use. out what you want to use, absolutely, go ahead. Uh, but like, oh, I always thought it was stupid that you can't run a perception check while being stealthy at the same time, right? That you can't investigate while being quiet. That's that's one of the reasons I don't really dig. The exploration activities super something much. that's uh that's kind of neat that i don't remember us talking about is that there's another passage actually to the northeast that i didn't see because the pavilion was in the way last time this is my yep. first time seeing up here Ooh. i did not notice that last time spoopy tacitus did you notice that passage over there oh no i i <laughs> remember i came up here by means of my mirror i did not take that bath from the north hmm. might be worth his, his time up here was quite brief it was. It was actually quite painful. I, I tried to block that memory out. As um, you guys will notice, um, is, is, is am I okay to ask players to make a perception check? Uh, or is that or is that? Go ahead. Notice? Yeah, if you're like, hey, well, check over there. Just kind of do an RP wise, right? No, no. I want, okay. I want you guys. I want to see if you guys pick up on something uh, that Marcus, like one of Marcus's behaviors, as you guys are uh, traveling. Okay. Or, sure. or exploding. Gonna roll say. with a plus ten. I only have a plus eight. So what happens with GM GMs with their own podcast? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, nine for a nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. All right. So basically, the check is if, if, if you roll over a thirteen, you notice that Marcus is not used to talking as much uh, or like having small banter as he's um, like as he's investigating. He seems to be. Um, not antisocial, but he seems to be very uh, uh, focused on on his task. So, well, I rolled a nat twenty, so give me a little bit more. Well, he's a Taurus. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can tell. I was, uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, that's fine. With that, you can tell he's used to silence. When when he's not talking, uh, like you, you can tell he does not generally want to engage in any small talk it almost seems to bother him but it looks like you can tell he's being nice because it's your group not like he's not the leader and he doesn't see himself as the leader of the group so he, he doesn't want to bring it up oh uh, marcus why why you're up there do you want uh do you want Mockwort to ride on you he's he usually he carries potions and he'll shove them down your throat when you need them it's, it's very handy as uh he he turns he turns around and he's although uh, I would say two out of the three people that he's ridden on are dead. So there's there's a point of contention amongst the group that he might be an ill omen, but I don't think so. <laughs> I'll trust your judgment as Mordrin. Uh, go ahead and instruct your companion to take 
place on my shoulder. So Muckwort will grab a soothing tonic and crawl over to Marcus. <laughs> across. <laughs> He'll crawl across. Um, <laughs> oh, it says Solus here at the bottom. It threw me off, Micah. The name Oof. at the bottom of the thing, I glanced at it. Tacitus yeah, yeah. and Cecil, and then over to Marcus. Petey Parada uh, is now on your shoulder. Is. <laughs> that's not uh, how I could imagine it, but that's just, way better. <laughs> such a love. Yeah, he'll look down at it. He's such a lovely creature. Oh, yes, and, we uh, go way back. He's, he's, he's quite funny. He's very insightful, actually, once you get to oh, know him. He's got little nettles on his tendrils. Sometimes they stick you in the nose when he gives you a poke. You figure it out. As, as much as I've been meaning to ask, how old is Macquart, actually? I have no idea. I don't know, honestly. I. I've had him a long time. He's uh, how long have you had him? <laughs> oh, at, at least seven years. That's that's pretty good age for a pet. This thing's as old as my daughter. Oh my goodness! All right, so you are in your marching order: Marcus, Tacitus, Cecil Asmordrin. Yes. Yes. You are going to make your way through the first doorway, which is a ten-foot hallway. As is tradition in Dungeons and Galarian, they all have the same interior designers. And then you make your way to a proverbial fork in the road where the hallway runs east-west. And you can see on the eastern side, it looks like stairs going down. And on the western side, it looks like stairs going up. It was well the Hmm. classic fork in the road. He goes, do we split or do we stay together? It's usually a good idea to split up the party. That's what I found. <laughs> right, it went so well for you last time. Indeed. I he mean, survived. to be fair, we we didn't split until after he went down. <laughs> I, for one, being uh, not the most fortuitous, fortuitous, is that the right word? Fortuitous, fortuitous I believe, is the word. Fortuitous, yeah. Yes, that one. I, I cannot sustain <laughs> a lot of damage. Fuck you, Micah. For very long. <laughs> I didn't know. Wow. All right. I was asking for help. <laughs> it's payback for earlier in the session. I know. I know. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, so uh, I, I trust your judgment, but I would like to stick close to the pack. Nope. No pun intended. All right. Uh, and you said the stairs go up to the left and down to the right? Yes. yes I prefer working top to bottom because fighting uphill is a losing battle. Up to you, though. Indeed. Sounds strategic. Lead the way. And to the left. Yeah, wait. Yeah, wait. I thought the right was down and the left was up. I don't remember. You're God. You tell me. Uh, based on the based on the shadows of the stairs, it, it looks like left is up and right is down. Right. That's what I thought. Left is up, right yeah. is down. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't say what I was not thinking. So you're <laughs> no, going you're to go up the stairs. Correct. Wait, I, I thought we wanted the high ground. What? Oh, okay. We're going this way. My 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 mistake. No, you've underestimated our power. We want to work our way up <laughs> oh, and then I come knew it was coming. Back down. I knew it was coming. Dude. No, Anakin. You see, up. you see that guy from Train Spotting at the end of the hall. He says, "Hello there." <laughs> Hello there. So you make a right, and you see uh, a hallway that goes uh, 60 feet or so and then turns to the right again going upwards. Look at this spiral tower we have here. And you make your way up and there's another hallway. My goodness, what a strange... You make your way to the right 
And That's again, strange. I figured Billion would have come through here somewhere. And again, you see stairs going up into the right. As much and does have a point. You're traveling. So for the listeners at home, uh, they went north, traveled east until they made a 90 degree turn to the right and traveled north and traveled north until they were able to make a 90 degree turn again to the east. I'm sorry. They went west, north, east. What the the fuck is this? South. What what the hell is this? And the stairs continue to go uh, uh, up. What is this bullshit? Is this some this is this is some Super is Mario sixty four bullshit yeah, right here? Like I I <laughs> This is Infinite Stairs and Super Mario. Yeah. Do I need we've to BLJ? Been, we've been had. Yeah, we need to, I'll say we need to be LJ, dude. That's all we need to do. Yeah, good. it's just just mash A on the stairs is and that, we should be is able that to do that. an athletics check for a uh, long jump. Alright, and you make your way all the way around again. And it looks as if the stairs continue to go up and up infinitely. As far as you can tell, each of these hallways look identical to you, and you continually make your way clockwise. 60 feet to the right, 60 feet and to the right. What do you do? Either either we're in a tool video, (laughs) or there's some secret doors around here. Uh, This is most unusual. He goes, uh... He'll look back to see, so he goes, are you detecting anything magical? Is, I don't believe I'm just detecting magic passively, correct? You are not, but you can be detecting magic if yeah. you would like. Give me a moment and I will detect magic. What do I detect? You can detect magic. How many times do we go around this loop? You have only made the loop as far as you can tell once. Okay. So a question about that. When we complete this loop, do we see the door where we started, or is it just no. another hallway? It's just another hallway. Okay. Oh, so when we co- like go all the way around, we're not back in the... Uh... No, we're not. Okay. No. So what happens if we turn around and just retrace our path? That's, that's yeah, Marcus. Yeah. He goes, I was thinking the same thing, Tacitus. Maybe we should yes. retrace our footpath. Yes, T- turn around, we're going back. We want to test something. Oh, what? Here, I'll just pull out some chalk and mark on the wall. It's fine. Just keep going. No, good idea. Good if, idea. Good idea. If if we go up, you know, four revolutions, that should have us out of the gauntlet. So if we encounter nothing and can keep going up, then yeah, we're we're fucked in some manner. <laughs> <laughs> something is very wrong. So what's the plan? Are we going to mark with chalk? Are we just going to, you know, count yeah, our revolutions? Gonna, or? Yeah, I'm just going to write, you know, I'm just going to draw an arrow. As you as you go to um, take the chalk out, Marcus like grabs your hand right before the chalk meets the wall. And he says... As Mordred drops, looks at you and drops it to his lower hand and keeps going, yes? No, 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 no. no. Winter soldier right there. And uh, you like you see Marcus like because Marcus is pretty composed for the most part, but you see that the sound of the chalk rubbing the wall like he really wants to yank the chalk out of your hand or hands as it makes contact with the wall. Like it seems to bother him on a real deep level. What's your class DC, uh, Christian? My class DC. Yeah, 21. I don't like that question at all. Give It'll me a be DC real. 21 will save, Liam. 
DC 21 will save coming at you. That's a natural 15, 26. All right, you're good. Though you are on edge, as you said, you're on edge with the scraping of the chalk. Do you do you prefer I mark with something else? Um, yes. And, he, and, he, and you see him take out his, he has a set of writer's tools. And he, and he goes, he goes, um, just, he goes, I'll, I'll do it. And he, and he takes out like a quill. And he'll and he'll redip as you go along, and he'll keep marking with the ink. He goes, oh, "I'm sorry, yeah, I never brought just this up." Don't do it on the floor. I saw in this movie one time that things lift up the floor and flip the arrows around on you and mess with you. Was, the fuck's huh. a movie? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys thing? make your way back. You're gonna go back the way you came from. I want to keep going. Until first, let's keep going. Get, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Until we we'll get to at least, you know, four. If we complete this circuit four times, that should have us actually out of the gauntlet. The so surface. if we can keep yeah, going up, mm. yeah, then we we know there is a, a issue. <laughs> All right. So as you make your way up, you come around to the spot where Marcus first started marking the ink. Marcus started marking. Marcus mm-hmm. marked the funky bunch. Y'all see <laughs> the ink denoting that you have made a full circuit and you're in the same place where you started, despite having gone up the stairs continually. As uh, I assume Marcus is still in the front, he goes, well, isn't that something? As we're at the same place we were. We do not seem to be ascending. Hmm. I now vote for the go back hmm. option personally, but that's just me. As we're making our way back down, um, I'd like to... Could I do a knowledge check on this? Absolutely. See if I know anything about this kind of illusion or something? Absolutely. All right. Rolling esoteric esoteric action. Yep. Yeah. Should I roll at a minus two? Um, Yeah, roll it at a minus two. Okay. All right. And this is at a plus 11. Where are you? Like, which wall do you think you're at while you're doing this? Are you just going to kind of do it the whole way you go around? Just try to inspect as you go? Well, I don't really want to, like, cheat code it. Um, That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I guess... Uh, Pick a wall. When I feel like we've made a, a, a full circuit back, uh, you know, like, one full revolution around, that's what I'm go- going to be uh, doing my knowledge check. Okay. So uh, that is a 14 for a 25. You notice... Something interesting about the wall that you hadn't really considered before. Maybe something you had heard of or something you studied in the distant past. Something jogs a memory. When you reach out and touch the wall, noticing that there's something off about it, and your hand seems to dip into the wall maybe a centimeter or two. And as your hand goes into the wall, you see a shimmer of blue energy. And as you do that, you have disbelieved the illusion that's been cast here. Oh, okay. And you can see that this is now, again, a normal hallway. You can see, if you continue to walk, you can see the door that you came in at. But only you can see this. On the south end, if you continue to walk to the west end, now that you have disbelieved the illusion, you can see the door out. And on the north side, you can see a door as well. Okay. 
the door on the north side goes inwards towards the center of the square that you have been making. The okay. one on the west side goes to the west, and the one on the south side goes to the south. That is the door that you came in. Okay. Um, I'm going to make my way to the uh, the the north side and find the door that's pointing um, uh, into the center of the square. Absolutely. I'm okay. going to move your token uh, there. Sure. Fellows, come over here. It, it's merely an optical illusion. You merely need to change the way you're looking. Shift your vision, maybe blink a few times, and it'll all come quite into focus. Everybody can go ahead, and if they want to, give me a will save or a cultism. And I'm going to give this to you. Uh, take fortune on it. So roll twice, give me the better result. Good. A natural 17 for a 28. I think that should be good. You're enough. good. 29 total on occultism. You're good. And Cecil? 17. Everybody can see it except for Cecil because he's a dumb animal. Uh, woof. Uh, not to worry. Uh, depending on how you look at it, it appears either as a bunny or as a woman. You cannot always <laughs> tell. So stupid. No matter. All right, you can see a doorway on the north side. Now, Marcus and Asmodrin, you see this door, don't you? I do now, thanks to you. Hey, yes. Are you guys fucking with me? No, there is a door right here. Just, just you wait and see. I know not what nature of illusion this was, but it is dispelled now as soon as you cease believing in it. And I would like to open the door and move into the uh, the doorway. There is a lovely five-foot hallway. Huh. I imagine from uh, Cecil's perspective, I just walked through a wall. Absolutely. And with that, he will immediately disbelieve the illusion. I shouldn't have smoked that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And there is another door here, which is hidden, but I can pop it open for you so you can see. And I'm not going to act as if you've opened the door, but you can see this door. So if you want to listen or anything like that, you are free to. Uh, yeah. First thing I'm going to do is, uh, listen at the, uh, at the door. So rolling a perception, say plus 10. That is a natural 20. Damn. You don't hear anything specific, but you do feel uneasy. Is Marcus's blade still glowing? Oh yeah. His blade has never stopped Mm -hmm. glowing. Okay. Quiet as the grave, but something is still unsettling. He said it. I didn't have to say it. He said it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have become Superman 4. He's wanted it this entire time. I'm going to uh, trepidatiously open the door and take a step inside. As you step inside, you can see that this room with the tattered cushions and, and dilapidated furniture was once a comfortable sitting room. As you walk in, you see a brief flash of a vision where the entire room is again in its original state. Uh, It's got fine furnishings. Uh, There's carpeting, and it's very lush and plush. And you can see a shapely woman in a green gown speaking animatedly to a drow that you can recognize from the picture that Billiam probably still has on his person. The drow is listening very attentively to the other woman. There's no sound, but she is animated 
and intense. Who could it be? Billiam might know if he was here, but alas, none of you have ever seen this woman before. Huh. You know, that just makes me think of something. Has that puddle of blood just not been a problem for us because we just haven't gone near it this entire time? Who's to say? I'm just saying, we've, we kind of forgot about that. <laughs> eh. We just kind of conveniently ignore it. Nobody in this party has any idea it exists. I'm so No, I'm certain that has come up. Nah, never come up. No, nope, I, I don't know, man. I mean, we hand wave <laughs> a lot of stuff, It's been though. two days. <laughs> it's been two days since... since uh, maybe Asmordrin knows about it, but he's never seen it. Yeah, because we gave him a full tour when he first joined and was like, there's blood right. puddle, don't go in there. Yeah, I actually do think I asked about it at one point, and you guys... The that party said, "Oh yeah, we don't don't worry about it. We just don't go over there, and it's not a problem. <laughs> it doesn't go away. We've tried cleaning it up. So, so what do right. we do? Sorry, did you say the illusion just dissipated? So the the vision of the woman in the drow. What was that? Did you say that the uh, the illusion of the woman in the drow just dissipated? The image has flashed away. You can no okay. longer see the image. Okay. What's going on? Why have we all stopped? <laughs> I, I'm going to turn around to Marcus." Did you just see what I saw? Those two figures standing there? We didn't, right? Uh, Game Master, did I see that vision as well? Or was that you just would have seen forward? it, yes. You would have seen it. Okay. Oh, so, yes. did, did we, so did we all? Or so, oh, just assuming, those two? I guess uh, I'm assuming like Asmordrin could peek around the corner too and all that, or no? I think you would have seen it. Okay. I did see that. That was quite strange. Who is that supposed to be? And as Mordrin does not peek around corners, he knows enough about dungeons that you don't want to necessarily stare at things when your party all of a sudden stops moving and goes silent. That could mean you get killed, too. Uh, question. <laughs> Can, uh, could Marcus roll Undead Lore to see if those were ghostly visions? You absolutely can. Okay. Uh, that's uh, an 18 Undead Lore. Nothing picks up as being specifically related to undead. Okay. Uh, then okay. could I run a uh, esoteric lore to try to determine Absolutely. what those are? Um, uh, yeah, just give me that roll. Sure. 13 minus 2. Uh, damn it, that is a 2 for a 3. Uh, 2 for a 13. It's got to even out after that natural 20. Yeah, I know. Nothing for you either, man. But All right. it has not persisted. There is another door on the eastern side of this room. It's roughly triangular in shape um, with the flat side on it, like an isosceles triangle, uh, roughly speaking. Yeah, this room is shaped like the classical diamond shape, but without the bottom part. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you can tell that this room was very well appointed when it was originally built. Well, uh, I'll ignore that. Do you hear anything behind that other door? I'm not sure. There's one moment. And that's a 15 perception check. You don't really hear anything on the other side of the door, though you think maybe the chair behind you moves slightly. There's just a general feeling of dread that all of you are picking up on. Was that just me or did that chair move? I think it's just you. Does anybody else feel a sense of impending doom? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like this room. Can I detect magic again? Yeah, absolutely. Or am I can. just going to pick up more of that? You're just uh, going to pick up more of that illusion that's out there because the illusion is still active. You just don't believe it okay. anymore. Is there something that I could roll to try to suss out why this room feels so evil, for lack of a better word? 
Can I roll an occultism? <laughs> you can roll an occultism if you want. I'll allow that. Religion okay. will work. I got a plus eight versus a plus one to religion. So, any anybody else want to roll with me? I think actually occultism is going to be one of your best. Yeah, I, I can do okay. an esoteric lore. All right, if, if you'll allow it, Trevor. Something about this room okay. doesn't feel right, and I can't put my finger on it. I only rolled a fourteen. Yeah, uh, seventeen for a twenty-eight on esoteric lore. Hmm. You can pick up that these seem to be empathic echoes, that there's something about this place and something about the people that made them more or less imprint upon the space. Whatever they were doing was important to the creation of this place. Fellows, I... This room carries a long-forgotten imprint of something that happened here long ago. I believe that is what is causing this feeling of dread and of doom. Something terrible was decided here. This particular part of the fortress bears significant importance, perhaps. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. An important meeting happened here. Be very, very careful moving forward, Marcus. But we have you back. All right. As uh, Marcus will go to open the door. You should open this. Oh, no. Therapy. If you open this door and there's two very plush divins here. Um, And again, you see a flash of a vision. On the easternmost divin, on the right-hand side of the room, uh, your left, you see an image of the same woman from the first vision laying on the divin, reading from a book large leather bound tome I usually skip this part Jesus Christ <laughs> any any Viva La Dirt League fans out there uh, skip <laughs> and just as quickly as it appeared it fades away hmm okay so we all saw that yes yes Yes. And, and yes, in terms of in terms of garment, same garment as the green robed lady in the first room, correct? More or less, um, green, but not the same thing. She's got a thing for green. It seems like. Question, GM: Is this like similar to the echoes of Otari that we keep seeing in the hallways? Like, does it look similar? No, no. This has more form more shape. This is almost like you are there. Like, it's not like a ghostly. It's like this room has completely transformed into the way that it was years ago. It's like it's spotless and untouched. There's a small chandelier in the room. There's no ever-burning torch in this one, but there are some, some crystals dangling, and you can hear them kind of slightly clink together. Oh, yes, Would by the way, if that, if that wasn't uh, something that was clear, Marcus has a hooded lantern in terms of light, if that wasn't obvious. No, right. We, um, um yeah, because oh, he actually, has no dark yeah, vision because he's a human. I have no dark yeah. vision because yeah. I is human. Yeah, the rest of us can all see in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's the only reason that you guys can see that it's green because dark vision is black and white. That's true. Mm, monochrome. Unless you're a uh, Kyal slash Fetchling. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. does this also seem to be an illusion? No. Okay. Not from the esoteric lore that you rolled. Okay. This is definitely an imprint of something that occurred. And a hmm. chill wind blows betwixt you 
like something passed through you into the other room behind you. Hmm. I have a question. I may have an answer. Did any of us get a good enough glimpse at what she was reading to maybe know what it was? Give me some perception checks if you want. I was just waiting for somebody to ask. Uh, It's a 26 from Marcus. 19 for a 29. And 15 for a 23. Tacitus. Now, let's start with Marcus. Marcus, you see a heavy leather-bound... You saw a heavy leather-bound tome that was emblazoned with a skull with moss shoved into its mouth. You don't recognize the tome, but Tacitus has held it in his hands. Tacitus would recognize this as the Whispering Reeds. Would he recognize the sigil? I've seen the book before, yeah. You've seen, Tacitus has seen the book before. Give me a religion. Let's 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 do okay. another check. Sure. Not not sure. not Tacitus. Tacitus would recognize. Oh, okay. Marcus might not, because Tacitus has held this book before. He knows what this okay. book is. Marcus, you know this deity isn't as well known in the inner sea region. True. 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 I, you know, I just in terms of yeah, natural four. No, I'm not even gonna. Mm-mm. Right. I I I I was giving you a a, a bonus um, because you are Phrasmon and this deity is directly related as an antithesis of Phrasma. However, that's you still don't recognize no, that's this fine. thing. That's fine. No, that's fine. That's fine. But, Cecil, you also recognize the book because you have seen it before as the Whispering Reads. So, Tacitus, Cecil, you know what it was. You know that that woman was reading the Whispering Reads. Oh, no. As uh, Marcus would say, that's not good. Was it sort of some sort of necromancer's tone? Uh, something far more foul. No. I don't From what I understand, none of us really know. That book is now in our possession, but reading it has dire consequences, from what I understand. At least that's what Solus was saying about it before we lost him as well. Hmm. It gives Nimbaloth a chance to peer at you if you use it for too long. Right now, Billiam's kids are coloring in it. <laughs> that sounds as is. Like you'll see Marcus's <laughs> eyes widen, and and he'll just try and try and nod it off. Like, okay, if you uh, hopefully you trust Billiam. You know, like he he just assumes like, all right, if you trust him, you know? I'm gonna look at you and be like, it's not exactly a matter of trust. You try telling him what to do. Mm, he's quite I mean, he's a hobgoblin. I don't think any of them can read, so it's fine. That's also another reason we're more or less okay with it. We're pretty sure none of them can read. That's pretty racist, but we'll let it slide. I mean, that's just what yeah. he said. I don't... I just got here. I mean, that's what he told <laughs> Listen, us, <man>. so... Have <laughs> <laughs> you told you then? That's um, Does the... Uh, just because, in terms of, like, investigation, it would... Uh, or... Does the mention of them saying Nimbaloth trigger anything or allow me another check or no? Give me another check. Okay. Just because it's something that would make sense for him to lock on to. Uh, do you want religion or undead lore? Either will work for this. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a 17 undead lore. You recognize the name Nimbaloth and it would send a chill down your spine. You might not have intimate knowledge of what sure Lady sure. Rushlight is but mm-hmm. you have heard of her and you know that she is uh, anathematic to everything that you believe mm-hmm. 
It was wonderful, so... Just so you're aware, I believe the woman that you have been seeing, although I cannot be sure, is supposed to be Balcora herself. That book, whatever it is, in this entire building, keep, castle, whatever you want to call it, dungeon, is built in Nimbalos' name. And according Hmm. to a dwarf that was kept here and tortured for quite some time, it is also a weapon. But what that means, still not entirely sure we've been giving him time to recuperate. Hmm. As you'll see him take out his, his, um, like you'll see him put the, uh, like he'll actually move over to the table and put his hooded, hooded lantern on the table and he'll, he goes, do you mind if I jot a few notes down? No, you're, you need to be armed with information lest you perish here. All right, and he'll, this is a dangerous place. Basically, he'll start making, uh, like, you know, like the little yarn strings attached, kind of like little detective's board. And he'll say, you know, Keep Charlie Got Damien. My keep. Uh, yeah, I pretty Baby much. Silver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it was alien, but it was. Uh, no, so uh, so he'll he'll start trying to connect the dots where he can find them. <laughs> Serpent, <laughs> Serpent <laughs> folk built the pyramids. Right. Um, uh. I'm saying, and he'll he'll cl- he'll close up his journal and put it away and grab his lantern. And yeah, he, he continues to tell you that from more or less what he understands because of the information that we found. Um, or actually, I don't want to get this confused. Do we know a whole lot about Bokor or is that just stuff that we know as players no, from cutscenes? you know pretty much nothing about her. There's very little. Um, you imagine that Corvus may have known more. Do we know that she was from like Noble Home? Right, you know that she was of noble blood. She was originally from Absalom, and she hates Absalom. That's really all that you know. Being that so, yeah. Marcus is from Absalom, can I try a society check? You in the because I have untrained improvisation. Uh I will allow it, but the DC is going to be it's ludicrous. Nutty. I, I I I believe that. That's fine. Go for it. Uh, that's a nat three. No way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shot. It was a shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh boy. What are we doing, gents? So, uh, now for the There's final another door. door to the salt. The south? There's another door to the south. The south. The south. All right. As, uh... Okay. And just to give a viewer, or a listener, I mean a, a dimension of this room, it's the exact same as the room that we were at, but just tilted 90 degrees to the right. Yep. 90 degrees to the east, and there's another door to the south, identical to the ones before. As, as as you guys are passing in between these uh, these what look to be like therapist couches, um, you could see a look of um, um, like memory recall going through, uh, <laughs> and like not and not a positive like recall of memory uh, come across Marcus's face. Triggered, yeah. he says, "All right, well, we ready for the next one." Let's go. As your eyes swallow open. You open this door and you see, as you open it up, a dilapidated dining room with a table there. The table is falling apart. But you again see a flash of a vision. This wonderful, opulent mahogany table with a long blue table runner on it. You see that same woman at the far end of the table. 
with a long-stemmed wine glass and a roasted arm on a plate that she's eating that looks disturbingly human. But as that vision fades away, you notice there's something else in the room. You look and see this. Oh, oh, I'll... It's a seething <laughs> sphere of glowing eyes swirling around a four feet wide vortex of nothingness. And from this vortex is extending long, semi-transparent tendrils that end in the seven-fingered, needled hands. So uh, we shut the door. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and you all hear... In your minds, the Watcher has been waiting for you. And we might find out who that Watcher is next week. I think we found him. Aww. Aww. We're just about to get a little boy. You can tell he's the Watcher by the way he is. That's pretty All eyes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's very watchy. Oops, all eyes. That's the worst cereal ever. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the next episode. The role for Intent uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Roll for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Original characters and storylines are the property of Roman Neville Productions. Music for this podcast was provided by Michael Gelfi. Flip Melvin and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollprinting.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollprinting.com. Thank you for listening.